Ready? Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 29-6. And we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernil. And every week we bring to you video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick some music, we listen to the music, we talk about it, and we have a good good time. Good time, Pernell. <laughs> gravy time, even. I like gravy. Um, yeah, it's honestly been like... Really you ate, we've only eaten a quarter of your pinwheels for now. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have bought any of the pinwheels. <laughs> no? I, yeah. Are Wait, you hungry? I'm hungry-ish. Like, I got to do something about my active gains. Like, scales and stuff has been bugging me a lot lately. And also, energy levels have been really odd. I'm not sure if it's a seasonal thing. Well, food, food is energy, so that's important to do. So you should still be eating, is what I'm saying. But I'm probably eating the wrong stuff because I still feel like I'm gaining weight. Uh, so maybe. it's a it's a sticky wicket that I fall under right now. No, no, I'm 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 in that place of like, what should I be eating and all that stuff. Like, uh, am I eating the right stuff at the right times? Um, for as active as I am. So. But at least, but are your, are your energy levels normal? Though? No, not no, no, not since twenty seventeen. <laughs> not since last year. Not since twenty nineteen. I don't know. They've been up and down. They've been more down. Maybe it's just the weather. I don't know. That is possible too. I mean, heck, what is it? We I guess it's worth mentioning here. We actually just had a flood scenario, which I'm thankful didn't hit us too hard. But it came close, at least for me. Um, like, because my family house avoided flooding by a few blocks, and yeah. my house, thankfully, there's a there's that creek that's right in front of your place. Yeah, but it's more of a run. I, I hate the fact that's called a run, but I think that's what you'd call it because it's a it's a, that's a bed, it's a water run that runs by. But I think its primary purpose is to funnel water from further up mm-hmm. to give it a way to like not flood up there so yeah, you sense. can tell when water's building up because it'll just pick this it'll go from being like a trickle of water to like this massive flow and last night during the tornado scenario i gave blood so i was at the blood bank and when i left like there were trees down there was like water everywhere a bunch of puddles people were like pulling over the side of the road it was actually hazardous driving but in my mindset i was like well i'm already stuck out here i might as well go get groceries too so I did go to the grocery store. Oh my God. Home. Um, but when I got home, the run was up. And I, there were a number of times where I had to drive around like deep bodies of water and stuff. Mm. But ultimately, I got home. So yeah. my brain was like, okay, I guess maybe we got by okay. There's not no crazy flooding. My base was not overflowing or anything like mm. that. But then I woke up and saw all the pictures. One of my friends had to have a boat come and take her out of her house because it flooded up to like the first floor. Yeah, so they threw her basement. Yeah, it's all about. it's all about... Like where you are too. Like I mean, my office is on the river, but it was a, it was a problem because up the river, the more development that's happening, the more water runoff is, yep. is running right off into it. And so, the level of water that came into our office is higher than I've ever has ever been. Mm-hmm. And in, in the office, the building is an old Dupont building from like the 1800s, mm-hmm. and it's never been like this before. So. Um, yeah, we're making a lot of decisions now on what to do in the future because we know this will happen again. Move the stuff off the, out of the basement. Yep. <laughs> Got to move it up level. Yeah, and uh, cloud services too. Oh, that is just a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff I'm like, well, maybe we've been a little bit more safe if we use something from Amazon. I don't know. 
Oh, uh, that's boring, right? <laughs> very much so. Just know it got wet and wild out it this way. It got a little wet and wild. But uh, also still playing games, too. So. Yeah, yeah. I saw you were playing a couple things, right? I'm playing too many things. Oh, like, yeah. This coming weekend, I got to start two games. I got to start the medium. I got to start Tormented Souls. Mm. And I also yeah. want to start Monster Train. That's what I got to start doing. Tormenting Souls. All the time. Just, Every time. Just getting them. And I got to, st- I, um, I actually still need to start Axiom Verge again because I had that episode where I mentioned it and then didn't go back because oh. I got, huh. I had to jump on something else immediately. I did finish a game, so I'm knocking a few more games out for the summer all right, all right. close out. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's been a juggle trying to get this stuff in. And then Psychonauts 2, I did start playing that. That's, I know you've been excited about that one oh. for a long time. And so far it's been worth the hype. It's been a wonderful time. But I don't want to lose trajectory on it, which is feasible because yeah, I'm starting two heavier games on the weekend. <laughs> Plus, I got a wedding this weekend and yeah, a movie yeah. this weekend. And, uh, There's a lot. Yeah, this week is a busy weekend. Really um, is. And yeah. it's like, but you still got to do all this stuff. And in the end of the day, it's like, oof. I know. And I mean, I've been very busy. Too. So I haven't really, I haven't gotten back to Persona. So it's been a while. But I, I mean, yeah, I know. But I, I can't judge, but I will anyway. But for East Coast Stamina, I'm ranked 150. Out of 500. Where's Persona fitting that? That's pretty good. No, next year I'll be rank 100. Where's Persona? (laughs) Top 100. (laughs) Top 100 Persona non-finishers. That's me, yeah. (laughs) I had to. But that's actually really cool about your stamina record. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy. This last year, I I think my highest pass is I had like 114. So what it does is, is your highest pass is that you take your top ten, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a, a formula of uh, note density and speed and and length, and they figure out your tournament points. And the highest top twelve competes in the um in the in the in the tier like this the high tier, and then the top twelve after that compete in mid tier, and then the rest of us lowly low lives compete in uh, lower lower tier. The 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 baby tier. The baby tier. I and say that is, jokingly because I couldn't hang in that tier either. It is super competitive. So last year um, was my first, no, my second year doing it, and I only had one fourteen in that list. This year, it's almost all fifteens. Hmm. So I'm slowly getting better. So if you see me on Twitch.tv at six a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> Just you know, huffing and puffing and sweating at like a hundred and ninety beats per minute. Heart He's rate. blowing a house down, That's or trying I'm, to anyway. Yeah, that is what I'm doing. So, um, but no, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pleased with that progression. I should be playing other games. I know that, but this game is good. Well, that's your game. That's my game. I wish it was a game I had that I played that much and consistently, but that doesn't exist. Mm. Pokemon was probably the closest to that, and I get bored of that. If, too. if you weren't doing reviews, would there be games you would do that with? I don't think so. I feel like I would just be playing backlogs or buying stuff. Mm. It's just that's how I've always been. So, Before I, reviews, I would buy new games. Do you, all the do you time. think? Do you think the reviews have actually been keeping you focused? Yes. Oh, okay. Because when I get a game that got a review, I am required to put some time into it. Yeah. So even if I don't finish a game, I'll play more of it. And sometimes I'll get games that I didn't even expect to like, but I'll come away wanting to do more of. Like actually, I forgot to mention one. It's a game called Lamentum which I'm playing is like a pixel horror game, which will probably end up being one of my unexpected summer beats because I want to finish it. Oh. Because I've been enjoying it. But when it was offered to me to reveal, I was like, that looks stupid. I don't <laughs> want to play this. And I started playing. I was like, wow, it's giving me that yuppie psycho feel again. I am having fun with this game. Um, not yuppie psycho feel and like the quirkiness or anything, just the gameplay feel. Right. But with more action, because in this game, you can actually fight back against stuff. Whereas in yuppie psycho, you had to hide from all the monsters. But you love that one. So for you to say 
something comparison and even closely in comparison to that. Yeah. Like get them get them good vibes. It's been good. Like I've been enjoying this game. So mm. it's like that kind of thing I would have never looked at if I didn't get a review code for it. And now I'm like, well now I have to play more of this. I'm really having fun. So that's just kind of how it's been. So with me, reviews help a lot. And it's also a large part of why, even though people will say, you know, you should just stop doing it because you never have time or you you can play these other games. I'm like, yeah, but there's something that I do get out of reviews. Mm. Even if it's a game I don't want to play, sometimes it'll be like, just me talking about a game I don't like. <laughs> like there's just something fun about you're, that too. You're finding you're finding some interest even in, even in some of the the ones that you're not finishing and you're not super into. You're like, well, there's something about that, or it's at least fun to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, like for me, I saw that where it ends up working that way. So I don't foresee myself not doing reviews for a little while mm. unless either the host of the show decides they want to cancel the show. Or I only start getting a series of nothing but mobile games or something. Well, now I just yeah. don't want to do this anymore. And it's all gotcha. And you're like, ah, you got me. I'm yeah, done. I'm done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Especially considering the guy running the show, it's that's not his thing, right? Yeah. yeah. If anything, he'll be like, you got to get a Series X to keep getting reviews. That's the closest it would get for yeah. him. Because he loves Xbox to death. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's too many systems. I, I'm interested in the PlayStation 5. Eventually, they have to make that thing smaller. Yeah, good luck with that. That thing is... It's a behemoth. Where am I supposed to put it? Like, behind the TV? Uh, you use it as a table. <laughs> Just put it on... I'll put it on casters and roll it around the house. That's what I would do. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's what I'm actually doing. You stick it to a Roomba, and it's just, it just cleans your house for you. Or if I'm not doing that, I stand it upright, and it's a nice Seto Kaiba statue. Can it go on its side? Yeah, it does the whole standing on the side or standing flat. Or sitting laying flat. Oh, maybe but that mine, work, but Actually, all jokes aside, mine lays flat on the entertainment stand. But oh, okay. it takes up an entire chunk because it is a behemoth. Yeah, I'm just I'm not sure where it's going to go if I go that route. Um, stand it sideways along the side of the machine. I mean, for you, it would be fine. You just don't realize it yet. You'd stand it, you'd stand it upright, and it would go to the side of your entertainment center. Oh, okay, on the floor. Yeah, it would have on the floor. I don't know about that on the floor. Well, it has a stand, too. I don't know about the stand. Oh, you, you uh, put some string on I'm it. Hang it from the ceiling. There you go. Like a chandelier. There you go. Like a chandelier. Like a chandelier. I you don't know this no song, idea do what that song is. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it. like, I'm sure he's referencing a thing. And it eluded me. Yes. Um, okay, well, before we get into our topic, I wanted to talk about our Patreon, Pernell. Who's that guy? You know, if you are a member of the Rhythm and Pixels Patreon, you get access to a special Discord channel, which um, we do for our monthly live stream. So at every level of our Patreon, you get access to a monthly live streamed episode. You get access to weekly prequel episodes and other little fun stuff we're doing every week. But we added some additional stuff for now. So at $5 per month, you get a classic logo Sticker. 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 I couldn't remember what I did. I That's mean, why I was like, you had a dramatic pause when you said that. You get a <laughs> sticker. You get an exclusive stickers, which is really cool. Um, at $10 per month, if you are a Patreon member for, for uh, three months, you get your own Rhythm and Pixels mug. Coffee mug, tea mug, or if you just want to drink some milk or some water, you can do that too. Or if you just want to mix them all together. Ooh, coffee tea. Toffee. Toffee. Ooh, I, I would eat some toffee. Um, and then at 
$20 per month. If you are a Patreon member for $20 a month for three months, so you get an exclusive t-shirt, an exclusive logo, an exclusive design. Keep in mind Exclusively right now, made by my nephew <laughs> t-shirt. I think right now it still says v- run VGM though, so. I uh, think, but I just started, so it's cool. We can get it done. <laughs> I can get the project done. So um, yeah, so if, if and in all of those things you get, there's all of the other benefits of the live streams of the exclusive content uh, weekly and of our YouTube station, which crashes every three days now. It's totally fine. <laughs> I uh, keep, we're supposed to do some RAM upgrades. I keep forgetting to bring over. That's fine. <laughs> we'll get it figured out. Um, all right, so let's go into this week's topic. This week's topic was suggested by uh, Discord. Curly or, Kevin. Curly Kevin. That's his name. Don't wear it out. Curly Kevin. He he gave us a couple. He gave us more than a few topic suggestions. He said... I think uh, it's pretty funny, too, because yeah. from what I remember... He dropped a bunch of them in. I was like, you know, if we're able to use all of these in some way, that pretty much will take us through the end of the summer of 16-bit. Yeah, we're, we're nearly there, I feel like, the end of this month, right? We'll be... Yeah, September 22nd is the official last day of summer, and I'm use, I'm putting it to that because I need all the extra time. But... <laughs> I would like that, too. It's there, so... So this week, we're picking, um, for, for our summer of 16-bit, we are doing 16-bit games based on cartoons that's right which is not really a surprise because if you downloaded this episode the episode is titled cartoons but if you mystery (laughs) if you have it on a loop or some sort of shuffle you don't know this is what i do when i go on the internet i just close my eyes and i just click like crazy and then whatever i download is what i'm listening to that day well keep in mind like spotify will do that though like if you have if you're listening to this through spotify you can shuffle Oh, cool. So you might get an episode that just pops up in your feed, and you don't know what the episode's about. A little Pernell life hack if you want a little spice in your life. That's do right. a little podcast shuffle. And then eat some habaneros. And then eat, yeah, then do the one-chip challenge. Oh, that would be great. Right? Ooh, you want the one-chip challenge. You feel alive with the one-chip challenge. I do. I want it again. Though I heard it's now like infused with some kind of charcoal that makes your stomach go to... It just makes you suffer because that's it stays no- in your stomach oh, for longer. That's awful. No, that's exciting. That's terrifying. That's terrific. Oh well, we can do a we can do a pepper eating challenge sometime. I'm growing lots of peppers. That well, that's going to make us just hiccup. That's <laughs> just oh, that's just hiccup juice. Hiccup juice, mm. and actually, that could be funny in and of itself. So um, maybe I'd still do that. <laughs> but anyway, thanks, Curly Kevin. Curly Kevin, thank you for the topic suggestions. We we're picking the one today, cartoons. Um, his other ones were also really good. Well, they may come up, so no need to spoil them. Yeah, we can only have to spoiler them. But I will do this first one. Oh no, I'm kidding. We're gonna do we're gonna do <laughs> some music. I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spoiler this. I went full Mega Drive Sega Genesis on this episode. And in my case, I didn't per se go on one system, but I did. I'm sad to say I broke my habit of choosing tracks from the Turbo because my head was like the only games I could think of from that were cartoon based off the top of my head were like Tailspin and Darkwing Duck <laughs> so I already chose from Tailspin in the before and I never really I didn't really want to choose from Darkwing Duck for some reason but eh yeah. I figured why not I had reasons for choosing the tracks I picked so I'm okay. good with it I didn't I just I, I, my, my reasons are that these songs sounded interesting I never really heard of these games before couldn't believe I didn't know about these games first game is Garfield Caught in the Act for the Sega Genesis. That title. Yeah. What is he doing? So, 
I'll, I'll say this: the, the caught in the act. The act is different, like um, plays or movies, and so every every stage is like a is like an opera. Or, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's actually it looks really cool. It's a neat looking platform. They're all platformers, you know. They're all platformers, um, but they're just really cartoony, really really colorful, and really interesting looking on the Genesis. We're gonna listen to the opening theme or the um, the music that plays during the intro movie. Uh, the composers on this are Tristan Desprez, Dwight Stone, and Jeffrey Tavares. Um, John Jeffrey Tavares was listed as the um, sound designer doing sound effects, um, and the tracks in this game are divided very specifically. Some sound like this, and some sound like that. So That's it's either weird. Tristan or Dwight Stone. Who, oh, keeping us like you know who produced. Like, yeah, I don't know who did it. Songs. But like, there's really a clear definition in the in the style of tracks. I'm only gonna play one of them though. So this is the opening theme intro movie from Garfield, caught in the act for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> You're listening to the opening theme or the intro movie from Garfield, Caught in the Act, for the Sega Genesis, composed by Tristan Deprez, Dwight Stone, and Jeffrey Tvaras. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing all this correctly. Roll the dice. It's um yeah, right. It's it's is a neat track. It's the the, the the syncopation of like the drums and the bass. It's just very punchy. And then if you're listening to with this in headphones or in the car, you're welcome. Because the stereo is awesome. The stereo in this is so cool. It's just like, it kind of tickles your ears, kind of left and right. I'm just talking the boom, boom, boom. Yeah, the bass is really fun in this. Yeah, it's just, so some of the tracks have a bit of a, of a heavier... Okay, this part's strange. Now, this is my favorite part. Really? It, it's, well, yeah, it's like... It's I'm, just like five notes. And it's well, like, well, it's I've like, been working on the railroad for five notes, and then it just stops. Well, like, I feel like one thing that I was hoping for for a lot of these tracks <laughs> yeah. was a sort of cartoonish feel to the music because they're all from games that were based off of cartoons. And sometimes I kind of want a cartooned OST to sound like it's being played in a cartoon. I don't know. And that is the closest thing yeah, in this track to that, like, brah, 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 like it just pumps up the sound a little bit, makes yeah, it perkier. Almost out of nowhere. It's just kind of like, just does something different. Now, did you used to watch Car- um, Garfield at all back in the day? I loved uh, Garfield and Friends, which had the um, the little shorts from the cartoon called U.S. Acres. Yes. It had like the pig and the chicken. Orson. Orson. 
Yeah, Orson. Orson Pig. Roy was the chick, was the rooster. Okay. Sheldon was the chicken that was still in the egg. I still... Um, so our, our mutual friend Chris, when we were in high school, we thought that the theme song to Garfield and Friends was the funniest thing in the world. It was... Wait, funny? Yeah, because it was like... I remember the song. It was great, but I don't remember it being funny. Yeah, we would just... Because it was always like... It was like, come to the place where something... something. Now, come on in. Come to the place where fun, fun never, never ends. ends. Come on in. It's time to party with Garfield, Garfield and friends. And it, would, <laughs> and it would stop. Garfield and friends. Yeah, because... Garfield and friends. Because of the animation. You know, they're closing the door. Yeah. And Garfield doesn't want any bottles coming into the house. But that always made us laugh. And so we would just like... We would, spe- we would sit in like class in high school... And we would look at each other and go, Garfield and Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine your other class was like, what the hell are these kids on? <laughs> um, actually, Christy and I still do that too. Really <laughs> be hanging uh, out. I, I haven't seen how's your, how's your kid doing? Oh, yeah, he's doing great in school. You know, he's a, <laughs> he's a very smart person. Garfield Friends. <laughs> I know, it just happens. It's, I don't know. You just got to hear like one little intonation of it, and um, it just happens. So I was really hoping that this game would have a, a similar, would have like a, a version of the Garfield and Friends like theme song in it, but it didn't have it. But this was probably based solely on the Garfield property, not the cartoon. Um, yeah, probably. Although it was really like, it's very cartoony looking. It could have. It could have, but, but I don't think there's any normal. Well, remember there were car- there were Garfield specials on TV too, so there yeah, were true. cartoon Garfield iterations that weren't Garfield and Friends. I mean, I guess I I identify more with Garfield now than I did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was fine, but maybe maybe it's this. I ident- I liked the cartoon when I was a kid, but I identify with the with the comic strip as an adult because the comic strip was just like I hate Mondays. Oh, Garfield's awesome. I just want to eat pasta. I eat lasagna. I want to sleep. I want to be left alone and I hate Mondays. That's every adult. Have you ever seen the comic strips of Garfield minus Garfield? Yes, and I like those too because it clearly paints John as a person who really needs a friend. It's really sad. (laughs) It's so sad. Um, But yeah, I always like those a lot too. And... Yeah, did you John watch Garfield? Ar- you watch? Oh yeah, oh, we I love Garfield. Yeah, yeah, Garfield. I just I was gonna say the joke of like the idea of like John Arbuckle being his name, and then there's like the um the um, the Final Fantasy summon Carbuncle, it was like <laughs> John Carbuncle it was like you summon him. It's like where's my cat with my lasagna? <sighs> I always thought it was funny that that uh, when I was a kid, I always thought it was funny that um, Garfield slept in a box. It's a it, cat bed. It was like like it looked like a filing cabinet like box. But as an, I'm older, I'm like yeah, my cat will sleep in anything shaped like a box. It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter as long as it's a square. Garfield was comfy. That's all that so, matters. Yeah. So it's 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 true to life. Yeah. He's honestly, like I said, I I have full appreciation of Garfield <laughs> as a, as an adult. Yeah. That cat get he got it. He, he got understood it. things. He gets me. Yes, he does. Do you do you do you think you would enjoy it more now? Well, I'm not sure about enjoy I, the show what? more now. It's, I think, I think it, it is what it is, but the character yeah. I appreciate more. I think as that's well. a thing about today's episode is all of these cartoons were, were from the era that we were watching cartoons, generally speaking. Actually, no. In my case, they absolutely are. Yeah. Mostly mine, too. But like, not- I still watch cartoons, but I mean, more like when I watch them more, mm-hmm. you know, more intently. Yeah. You know, I played, I used to have um, Ren and Stimpy on the Genesis, and I played that to death. Because that's what you did when you only had like four or five games. You just played them nonstop. Oh, and how? And um, I can't. I can't watch something like that nowadays. It's just kind of stupid and gross. And but as a kid, I thought it was like stupid and gross. And I loved that. Oh, I'm. I'm not changing. 
I still collect garbage pill kids. <laughs> I still watch Stupid and Gross. I, I sometimes yeah. to me, I feel like in a world full of problems and frustrations and adult responsibilities, sometimes mm. I want Stupid and Gross. Well, I'll, you know what has a terrible soundtrack is the Ren and Stimpy game for the Sega Genesis. I'm assuming you looked into that. And was oh, like, no, no choice. Ages ago, I'm like so disappointed. I'm like, why? <laughs> the game itself is interesting because it's two. It's two player, and if you're not playing with two people, one person's the computer, and it's terrible. But like you can. Sounds like Abin, like before Ab and Ib existed, we had Rin Stimpy. Yeah, and you had special moves that you could only do with the other character, which is really cool. So, Call for pair balls. Yeah, that was that was a move, or um, you squeeze a person into the fart and you'd fly in the air. Or you'd whiz on the electric fence. I'm pretty sure that's in the end of the game, too. If it's not somewhere in the game, they missed a golden opportunity. Hi-yo! Finish outright. Oh, that's amazing. I hope everyone at home got that joke. <laughs> if not, it's okay. I'm just giving that joke some space to breathe. All right, we're moving on to our next track. <laughs> now that I'm done telling terrible jokes. Now, now that we're done destroying this, this song. I'm okay with this jam. But my track is going to come from the game. Ah! Oh! Real Monsters. Um, the track is titled Gymnasium 3. This was on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. I love how I said the abbreviation and then the word. <laughs> that was clear genius. Anyway, <laughs> it was on the SNES and it was composed by Greg Turner. <laughs> back you're listening to the gymnasium three theme from the game ah real monsters had to go with it i love how you start talking really quiet and i'm like i'll just turn the volume up oh no <laughs> too late um composed for the super nintendo come oh, repression the game on the super nintendo composed by greg turner wow this track is amazing it's a jimmy it's jam super good <laughs> <laughs> 
I had a one track picked out for the game from this game already, and then I came across it. I was like, nope, gotta shift. This one's even better oh, than that. This is really, really good. This is, I mean, it's got like beat, and it's it's a spooky beat. And it even has an element to it that still gives me like, this is clearly from a cartoon game yeah, yeah, sound, yeah. so I'm like, okay with that. Yeah, That's it's what got I was that, hoping for. It's the, it's that trombone, that fake trombone going, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that cartoon beat. This is amazing. And then the breakdown. Like this, the breakdown that's coming up right here is, I think, what's getting it for me. You're right here. Here it comes. Just like uh, break track. Uh, uh. That, that's what I'm talking about. That bridge right there. That's so. That's is so good. And that part, I feel like, still kind of carries the feeling of the show and like the premise of the show. Yeah, it's been a long. I remember I enjoyed it, but I never really got into it. So the idea of the show, I don't, I don't have a, a as far as like remembering specific episodes, yeah, yeah. but the show's premise was about three monsters who are also friends named Ickis, Oblina, and Crumb, and they go to basically monster school to learn <laughs> how to scare people, and. The thing that I liked about the most, aside from just like I like the voices and the the characters, and I like the voice that Oblina. I like as I like all their voices. They have mm-hmm. great voices. Um, but it reminded me a lot of that episode of like Tiny Toon Adventures where they were focused heavily on the concept of wild takes. Oh yeah, they were learning how to like stretch their eyeballs and and like make their heads huge and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a large element of how they would scare people was they would like do like you know body manipulations and stuff like that to themselves, like. Um, like Crumb had this thing where he'd take his eyeballs out of his hands because he walked around with his eyeballs in his hands and he'd shove them in his mouth and then stick his tongue like Bleh! oh that's right I remember he used to do that and yeah, Oblina yeah. can make her organs come out of her mouth and sit on her tongue and then pull them back in that was on a Nickelodeon show by the way I miss those days of Nickelodeon yeah, it was just it was fun though it was cute it was like it was gross cute but and like it's more back. cute than gross and it's getting a bit of a revival of attention slightly because it was recently announced that Oblina is going to be in the Nickelodeon fighting game that's coming out soon that's funny to me i'm like who's next is it gonna be doug funny uh, if only it should be quail man quail and man the big one that i wish they would do but they won't because it wasn't a cartoon they could go classic with the nickelodeon stuff and put Artie from uh pete and pete in the oh. game because he's the strongest man in the world yeah but he didn't have like a cartoon version of him but so they could make a art cartoon version of him if they wanted. or have pete and pete would be like the ice climbers in uh smash <laughs> but then one thing that would be cool like if they didn't want to represent uh uh, like the characters, they could still do like locations. Like oh. one thought I came across that I thought would be a cool one was if they had a stage based on the aggro crag from Guts. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be so cool. Yes, I'm loving this. Or, or like that that weird sound stage where they they recorded most of you can't do that on television. All the doors, <laughs> yeah, all the doors. But like, see, that's the sort of thing where slime would come down. Wow! Like, like normally these games feel like they're phoned in. Like the more modern ones, I always I feel more like they're phoned in than anything. So I generally avoid them. Mm-hmm. But I looked at the trailers for this and I see all the character announcements. I'm like, you know what? I'm probably going to buy this. Yeah. And they just announced April O'Neil's a character. I saw that. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. I'm so they finally give her something to do that isn't be in distress. And I actually saw a guy come on there and say, well. That's stupid. She never fought on the show. I'm like, well, first of all, she fought in the, later in the comics, but I, I admit that in this iteration, she didn't fight. But then the follow-up to that is, who cares? You're playing a cartoon beat-em-up. 
<laughs> yeah, why can't she fight also? Like, why we, can't she just swing her by her camera yeah. on the pedestal as a weapon? I think that's awesome. I think that's super cool. I mean, and also, she's going to look great in the game because she wears that, that yellow jumpsuit. She's going to pop right out. Yeah, Leonardo's yeah. fighting Danny Phantom. Like, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, at the end of the day, it's a cartoon beat em up. I like the idea of seeing these characters come in there. She's going to be fighting Nigel Thornberry. That's going to be a great time. <laughs> I... I love these kinds of things. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I'm hoping the game is good. Hope the game is good. I mean, it looks, I mean, the thing about it is like, as long as they do a good job programming it and keeping the character's personality in there, it's really hard to mess something like this up because it's already got an established gameplay pedigree. Yeah, They're think, not going to go too far yeah, off the mark. Yeah, yeah, Nickelodeon's like, we have so many characters that we can pick from. I mean, I mean, if you could play Samurai Jack, I mean, I would just play Samurai Jack all day long. I feel like if there's a there probably is a Cartoon Network beat em up that put Samurai Jack in. Oh, I got them mixed up. I always get Nickelodeon and the Cartoon Network mixed up. I bet would be surprised if a lot of other people have pulled yeah. that off too. Because I've actually I have seen yeah, somebody say bad. that they should put Dexter in there. I'm like, but Dexter's Cartoon Network. Yeah, but oh, Dexter's cool. I like Dexter. Go 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 away, DD. <laughs> I mean, all those things have been pretty awesome. Like the Cartoon Network. And, uh, well, the cartoon cartoon, uh, that entire umbrella was a fantastic place. Yeah, that's right. That, 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 that felt like that was their opportunity to try new shows. And, of course, of note, there won't be any of those on here because cartoon cartoon came out after the 16-bit era was a thing. I know, right? So these are all much earlier. In fact, my next one is much earlier. Oh. So early. It might be even in the Jurassic period. Or no. Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Stone, Stone Age, I mean. The Flintstones? Flintstones, pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like, okay, there's not very many I can go with here. You got Cadillacs and dinosaurs, the Flintstones. Denver wouldn't count because that was flash-forwarded. He's, he's our friend and a whole lot more. We're talking, uh, this is the Flintstones for the Sega Genesis. They're just, just flat out Flintstones. That's all it is. This is stage two, the swimming pool song. I guess there's a swimming pool in stage two. The composer is unknown and uncredited. On the, uh, in the in the game itself, so it's like don't let anyone know that I wrote a song about a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So here we go. This is a stage two swimming pool from the game The Flintstones for the Sega Genesis. A little bit of skate around this thing and have fun together. Best friends, just you and me on the swing set again because I don't want to take it back home and make you feel like you're alone. You got a friend, that's me, guy. Gonna walk around and drink of the beverage and a sip of the dippity. Oh man, that was fun. I just. <laughs> It's really catchy, right? And there's this little, this little. Ooh. Ooh. That little. Oh, I love that little jazzy part. Yes, you're listening to stage two, the swimming pool song from the Flintstones for the Sega Genesis. Composer is unknown, and I, I, 
there's so much about this this track. Actually, this whole soundtrack is just joyful. It's it's got swingy. It's a literal knee slapper. It is. <laughs> it's a knee slapper. Yeah, music. yeah. You just started singing as soon as I started the song. You were like, "Ooh, I'm gonna do this." And it's funny because the moment I stopped is when the, it changed the key. I was like, "Well, this would have ruined my feel anyway." So I'm yeah. really stopped. Oh, it slowed your slowed your jam roll. He was like, "What is this part?" <laughs> <laughs> slowed your jam roll. <laughs> but all in all, this sounds like a, this sounds like my kind of swimming pool. Personally, yeah, it's cool. It, I mean, I guess it's supposed to sound like, um, "Hey, everybody." at a pool party but it's got this fun like jazzy kind of bluesy notes to it it's really cool I'm a fan <laughs> the, the Flintstones was a thing I never really got into as a kid either even though it's a young young kid because it was just like it was too goofy or it was making fun of sitcoms from like what the 60s I wouldn't even say it was making fun of them the problem with the Flintstones we're emulating them anyway yeah well yeah. that's exactly it. it was it was the Jetsons even were in that camp too where they were just making animated sitcoms so they would have the occasional scenario that was a little far-fetched and out of this world because early on in the Flintstones, most of the premises were fairly grounded. It was pretty much working-class family, except everything's a dinosaur mm. and primitive technology. But then eventually it's like, we got to have the great kazoo, get it all wacky-tacky. And they sort of have like the movies where it's like, now they're going into the future and weird stuff like that. Yeah. But grounded level, it was sitcom, but with prehistoric goofy tech. Yeah. And then the Jetsons was <laughs> also like that. Most of the premises of the normal episodes of that show were fairly straightforward sitcommy premises, but with the future tech. So there's an episode where George gets shrunk down accidentally by oh, his boss. Right. Which is funny because I feel like in the Flintstones, they used to make fun of, I guess they're all Hanna-Barbera, which they all, they all felt the same anyway, but... The um, like they'd be like, oh, the the toaster is actually like a bird, and it goes, it's a oh, living, it's a living, and, and I then, love that. <laughs> and then um, and then you go to the, the the Jetsons, and it's like, oh my god, the toaster is actually a robot, and I'm like, beep pop, beep pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. But it was, but the thing is, like, looking at it now, like I liked it more when they started doing the whole thing. Which was also a big trend in the like early '90s, late '80s. I mean, I, where I, they were I, like, actually, we got to take these yeah. properties, and now we got to make them young and hip again because kids don't want to watch the Flintstones. But what if we age Pebbles and Bam Bam, but not age their parents <laughs> for some right. reason, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then have the Pebbles and Bam Bam show? So now it's not watching these adults go to work <laughs> and then go to their oxen club meetings. It's, I know, but even that was like cookie cutter Hanna Barbera, where like they couldn't just be like teenage Flintstone kids it was they had to solve mysteries and they had to, and they had to have a band oh no they, they didn't do I guess there were a couple of stories like what's going on here we gotta figure this out oh wait there was a lot of teen drama I got mixed up with the Scooby Doo mysteries the, the kid Scrappy Doo whatever oh dear god okay so, <laughs> so let's lay out the timeline here alright so, so this is the one with Snagglepuss in it right <laughs> No, <laughs> Snagglepuss has nothing to do with the Flintstones. What about Grape Ape? He was a thing. None of these things had anything to do with the Flintstones. Grape Ape. But I did like Grape Ape, Mr. Peebles. Uh, no, no. That was that was McGilla Gorilla. So look what you're doing to me. Ooh, what was the one who thought like this? I don't even know who that, that was. Guy. Probably Snagglepuss. That was probably Snagglepuss. But no, like, there, there was, a, there's but there a, was there's a great, there's a great uh, um, PSA from the 90s to telling kids to um to 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 practice a safe nookie and um with cartoons the the cartoon voices in it and (laughs) it's so funny such a weird thing to even use it it shouldn't be funny it should not be funny it's very serious but that part is so off 
shouldn't be there. But the Flintstones! I know, I saw back to the, the Flintstones. Flintstones! <laughs> I've been doing this on the show where I'm like, ooh, this makes me remember that one time. <laughs> like, but there was the Flintstones, then they had the Pebbles and Bam Bam show. Was that what it was called? And that was the one where they aged them into teenagers, but left the parents' ages. And then in the 90s, or actually I guess it was technically still the late 80s, yeah. they did the Flintstone Kids. Flintstone that's Kids. That's when they de-aged everybody, and Pebbles and Bam Bam clearly didn't exist because if they did that, it would have been a weird time paradox. Um, so... <laughs> That was how they tried to keep them oh, hit. Scooby-Doo had Scooby-Doo. Scooby and the Scrappy thing doesn't count because that was still during the typical Hanna-Barbera age. Right. Their hipster attempt or hipping attempt was the um, pup named Scooby-Doo. Pup named Scooby-Doo. Where they, went to, they lived in Coolsville. Yeah, and all the characters were young mm-hmm. because they were all... Okay, that's they right. They went to the arcade and ate pizza. And Scooby-Doo was just younger. I kind of mix up a Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, Scrappy Doo's terrible. Yeah, that, um, that, that's that's the Poochie the dog of the Scooby Doo world. Which is funny because I was reading up on pup named Scooby Doo long ago. That was apparently the last time Casey Kasem did the voice for Shaggy. Oh no, kidding. Mm-hmm. And I want to say Don Messick. No, they, Don Messick didn't do Scooby's voice in that version. I'll double check later. But anyway, the point is that was the last time Casey Kasem voiced Scooby. I'm um, voice Shaggy. And. Either Don Messick voiced Scooby, or he didn't. Or I could have got it reversed, and that was the one time Casey didn't do Scooby. The point is, I love the show. It was fantastic. And I still watch it today. Like, I still like listening to the stupid songs oh, they oh. would play during the chase scenes. Yeah, I, the the Red Herring. Yeah, it's yeah. Red Herring, which as a kid, it didn't quite click for I know, me, but uh, now I get it. A kid actually named Red Herring is the dumbest funniest thing ever it was fantastic i love it it's not very funny <laughs> and then the one time it was red herring no one would let him say it <laughs> like, but i know it's red herring like stop it you keep doing that <laughs> you always accuse red herring right, um we're on to your next track so what do you got i wish i had a track from a pup named scooby-doo game but it I doesn't wish, exist i wish there was a pup named scooby-doo game I would have bought it. Yeah, me too. But what I did choose from is a game that didn't quite click for me, but I feel like I should revisit it because the property didn't click for me back then, but now it does. And that is the Animaniacs. Oh. Um, this is Studios 2-1 theme. From what I gather, this is the Space Stage um, Genesis game, and it's composed by Kiyoshi Murai. Welcome back. You're listening to Studio 2-1, the Space Studio stage from the game Animaniacs on the Sega Genesis, composed by Kiyoshi Murai. So this track immediately stuck out to me compared to the rest of the OST because it sounds like a tr- you would hear on a Pokemon route, like if you're playing Pokemon yes. on the Game Boy or something. Yeah, I was I was thinking like um, a victory, like an RPG victory theme, but no, it's more like I got on my bike and I'm going to Meridian City. Yeah, like yeah. definitely reminiscent of like some Jap, some Pokemon routes. 
maybe I guess like route like 113 or some random number but let's be honest I used a random number that I don't know what route this sounds like because I never remembered the songs for the, by their route names <laughs> so sue me anyway, they're, all, they're, the all just, is, they're all just numbers they're all just numbers to me exactly <laughs> I like playing the games but I don't remember the route numbers but I love this track very much um, the game feel like maybe another revisit in order because back then I didn't really care for Animaniacs I was always a Tiny Toons kid and the you, game, you, when they, I they were they were they were competition. They meant the funny part is they shouldn't have been because they're the same company, <laughs> and they aired one after the other. But in my head, I was like, I just don't really click with the humor of Animaniacs. Oh, okay. I feel like I'd appreciate them more now mm. than I did back then because my humor has kind of changed a bit since then. But with that said, the gameplay of this, which I played only thanks to Sega Channel, love that damn thing. Um. Reminds me, it's very similar to the last game I picked, actually, where you're controlling all three main characters from the show. Because mm-hmm. in you know, Real Monster, you controlled all three of those characters, and you switched between them, and they did team up and moves and stuff. In this game, you control Yakko, Wacko, and Dot as they move around the Warner Brothers studios, and each of them has their own unique ability that makes them special for different situations. So it's all about moving around, collecting pickup items... You know, smashing objects with a hammer and pushing you, blocks and dodging the security guard who's like, duh. Did you control them um, at the at the same time, or do they run around together and then you select the one you want to do with, or did you the latter? Them? Oh, okay, cool. So, like, if you want to use Yakko to start smashing stuff with the hammer, sorry, Wacko with the hammer, you're running around with him in the lead, and the other two follow. Mm-hmm. But then when you want to use Yell, you know, Yakko to push blocks, you, he's running in the lead. So, so yeah, I think um, was uh, the 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 Vikings, right? The Lost Vikings did that. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. I, I thought was it's, I think it's pretty interesting when they have games like that. And recently, here's one for Cam Cameron Warma. Uh, Trine is a game that works like that. Uh, okay. Trine brought that gameplay style back of you know all three characters working together to solve puzzles on stages and stuff like that. Because it's funny how many games like that existed back then. Yeah. Compared to now, which no, well, is not very many. Well, I feel like a lot of these are based off of these IPs of uh, ensemble cartoons or casts of characters, and you want to have them all together. And and if you make a video game, you can't have you can't make a video game with just like one. What you can't have a you can't just wacko. It's like it's not wacko's curse. Well, they would do it like Tiny Toons did it, where or revenge, they could have Revenge rather, of Dot. Because <laughs> I don't know, I want to play that game. That Dot. actually sounds pretty cool, right? <laughs> I like Dot. I don't want her to have to get revenge for anything. But like yeah, like it's like you know, Titan Adventures. The way they got around it was well, two ways. One, mm-hmm. they just kind of said you only care about busters, so, which I think was a dumber idea. I like the games, but I like the other Tiny Toons. So they shouldn't be bit characters; they should be character yeah. characters. But the original NES Tiny Toons game had a set. You had the secondary characters, like your partner, and you could choose which partner you wanted. And mm-hmm. each partner had a unique skill that made you want to use certain ones on certain stages. Yeah, but you got you would get a power up in the stage, and you would. It would flip from being Buster with a hopping and bopping to Plucky Duck and what the fl- hopping, bopping, and, and flying and the flying. So, but that meant that Buster was no longer on the screen. Suddenly, you were the Plucky Duck, which in and of itself is interesting because in that game, Buster was the weakest of the characters. He was because everyone else could do something, and Buster could do nothing that those guys couldn't. It's true, but but he had giant feet. Mm. Which made platforming a little bit easier, I thought. It really didn't, but he did have <laughs> big shoes. Maybe that's what I was telling. Tell, that's what we were all telling ourselves. Um, there was a, just wanted to make Buster feel better. <laughs> yeah. Now there was a cartoon with an amazing ensemble cast. 
that you can only play as one character at, at a time. Um, but the, I mean, there was like maybe six or seven main characters in the show. This is Rugrats. No, but the, the, uh, I'll give you one more, one more, one more guess for now. So they would all get together. And there were seven characters. Maybe not seven. There's like five, and then they all had like one bigger character on top of them, and they had to protect the planet. For now. Oh, Captain Planet, <laughs> Planeteers. This is Captain Planet and the Planeteers. This never came out in North America. This is a Sega Mega Drive exclusive. I wonder uh, if it ended up on Sega Channel then. It might have. I'd be interested if it did. Um, the composer, again, is unknown, not credited at the end of the game or anywhere else. We're going to listen to um, Zarn. Is his name Zarn or Zane? Gosh, Zarn it. Zarn it. Zarn's Doomsday Barge from, uh, you know, Happy Doomsday for now. I wonder if that's the guy that was like Gaia's competition. I, I couldn't. I, I never remembered the bad guy's names. I remember some of them because they had such great names like Hoggish Greetly <laughs> and Loot and Plunder. See, that's a cool name. But I don't. I still don't remember them. So I mean, I'm just taking your word for it. Now uh, there is a Captain Planet. Now, baby. In, in a corporal universe. All right, this is a uh, Captain Planet and the Planeteers for the Sega Mega Drive. Uh, Zarn's Doomsday Barge from the game Captain Planet and the Planeteers for the Sega Mega Drive. Composer is unknown, but the power is yours. I just realized while reading up on this because I got nostalgic for the show, there actually was a villain that they managed to convert by the end of the show. Oh, was there? Yeah, so apparently Sly Sludge, who was like a big, like, big polluter waste man waste polluter but at the end of the show or at least his role in it they got him to stop being evil because he was able to make recycling profitable <laughs> which is very complicated show got complicated yeah, it's like i can make money off of waste why the heck haven't i been doing this sooner <laughs> didn't get paid <laughs> but yeah captain planet oh man i mean it was it was it's so strange the amount of like nostalgia and like good feelings I have for it now that because when it was on the air I was like this is the dumbest thing in the world I always liked it I was, a, <laughs> I was an enviro dork back then I'm an, kind of an enviro dork now to be yeah. honest but back then I really was even more so than now and uh, the idea of a show that promoted you know you know being kind to the earth and not being a wasteoid just screamed to me mm. um, and I love the idea of 
basically all the characters or rather the villains being representations of like negative human emotions mm-hmm. and also negative you know human behaviors in regards to planetary care um but it's kind of funny because you look back on someone like say um freaking Duke Nukem not the game character the character right. in the show and his big issue was he was big on nuclear waste and nuclear power but in some respects nowadays we should if anything be looking more into the idea of <laughs> nuclear power because while yeah, safer nuclear power rather than maybe like Coal. Well, who's the coal man in the show? Is there well, there's no coal? specific coal man. Tony Coleman. There's no Tony Coleman. <laughs> I feel like maybe the closest thing to like that kind of guy would have been like Luton Plunder. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like the show just resonated with me back mm. then, and it's funny now too because there was actually a recent Rick and Morty episode that parodied Captain Planet, but the character was named Planetina, and it was they did. I mean, a lot of the jokes they made were fairly expected because even before the episode really got going I was like I bet they're going to bring the planeteers back but they're going to be disgruntled adults obsessed with money and sure enough they were disgruntled adults obsessed with money so I was like oh there it is I called that joke Um, but with that said it was still entertaining but what blew me away was people were writing articles about it and more than a few were like I don't get this reference what what is the deal with this? I'm like, how do you not know who Captain Planet the Planeteers are? And then I realize I'm old. Yeah, so you've got you got five kids who from all all part that's the thing, they're from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And and I think the idea was they were all supposed to come together because they're all from all parts of the world. And they're each given a magical ring that gives them the power of a specific element. Of the five elements, Pernell. <laughs> Which, for the record, fun spoiler, I asked he was thinking about doing an, uh, an elements block of oh. episodes. And the joke would have been that heart would have been one of them. It should be. It has to be. And the thing I hate it is that people gave heart so much grief. But, but that, the truth of it is, that is probably the most one of the most powerful ones they had. If, yeah. you, if Mati wanted to get dirty, that was one of the more powerful rings, if not the most powerful. Well, correction wind is probably the most powerful because uh, if you could yeah, remove, yeah, 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 remove yeah. oxygen people will be kind of screwed yeah I mean everyone's like oh the fire guy can shoot fire but yeah Mati can be like a mountain lion go eat that guy yeah I can just turn <laughs> nature against everyone he could likely corrupt people with it too you would imagine so right like a human heart you know get better yeah, well, better. when I get better, it's more yeah, like I'm meant to like be the person that communicates with the, at the human emotional level. Oh, okay, and naturally, his way he primarily used it was like to empathize. Like I understand where he's coming from, mm-hmm. or he would talk to animals with it. Well, I mean, what was interesting, right? So they all had these amazing powers. There's five kids with amazing powers, but the the whole thing was that they would put their powers together, and a really goofy superhero with a mullet would come out. Yeah, but he had all of their powers and he was able Captain to use Planet. them better than they did. Yeah, but they were still pretty good. On their own, they could have done it. Yeah, but they couldn't like, say for example, there was times where Captain Planet would have to like dive deep underwater and do uh, stuff. They yeah. can't breathe underwater. Captain Planet can. Um, there were times where he had to deal with like hardcore pollution systems though. I was about to say that they couldn't, but he could, but Captain Planet got hurt by smog too. So it wasn't like he was yeah, invulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Smog was his kryptonite. Um, also, well, most pollution was if you just splashed the guy with toxic waste, he'd go down like, you know, if you're, if you're driving on the highway and you throw a coffee can out your window, 
That hurts Captain Planet. Yeah, but then he can get angry. He can get angry, turn you into a tree. Which, for the record, that was the <laughs> other obvious trajectory that the Rick and Morty parody yeah. went on, which I thought was like, well, I can, I appreciate this because that is the natural direction that I would have expected Captain Planet to go if they went all in See, on See, I it. saw them do that, and I was like, they kind of already did that. Like, Don Cheadle already did that. Mm, yes, but Don Cheadle did it specifically with, like, that boardroom. This mm-hmm. was like, did you watch that episode? I thought you didn't like that show. Don Cheadle? No, Rick and Morty. No, I haven't seen it. No. It's like, <laughs> I saw people write about it. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah, because, like, she ended up going, like, basically not so much becoming, well, she did. She started out with just, like, okay, I'm just going to go all in on the actual kinder aspects of, like, if people didn't drive, they wouldn't have to produce smugs. I'll just pop all their tires. Now their cars don't work. (laughs) And then she tried to reason with, like, coal miners, and when the coal miners were like, well, we got kids to feed, she's like, well, you guys won't listen, so I'm just going to make you do it. She starts, like, snapping. (laughs) And I'm like... Natural progression. If, the, if, she's tra- if her primary goal is to save the planet, yeah. and she can't convince people to do the do right by the planet, why would she not just lose? Make it? them. Yeah, I'm going to make you do it. <laughs> That's how this is going to work. Yeah. Well, I mean, the '90s were a, a kinder time. I mean, if to in, in some senses, in other senses, we were starting wars, but it was a kinder time. <laughs> Well, at least for the hopes of the environment, which is kind of funny because Captain Planet was meant to resonate with kids, but it really needed to be resonating with, like, businessmen. Right, yeah. Yeah, there's... there's Captain Planet just flies into a boardroom. Do you realize that if you find an alternate way to consume, to produce energy, you could actually make a profit off of it by making it seem cool and trendy? Yeah. And then all... Yeah. yeah. I, I can go for what we... We should continue on with another song. Because <laughs> it makes me sad. Cat, it makes me sad now. <laughs> That's why we were Captain Planet focused on the kids when he should have been focusing on the adults. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. So what's your what's your last cartoon track? So this track comes from a, sh- a very short lived show, but I wanted to choose from it because it takes me back to my block of cartoons that nobody knows about because they only existed for one really short season. Oh, wow. What's this? Um, this track but got, is But it got a video game. But it got a video game, which was surprising, but I remember that the game existed. Um, this comes from the game Family Dog, oh, yeah. and the track is titled Fetch, and it was composed by Mark Van Heck. You're listening to Fetch from the game Family Dog on the Super Nintendo, composed by Mark Van Heck. And this track definitely carries that cartoon sound that I was hoping to get from tracks that I picked for the episode. It is a very, very cartoony sound. Um, this this was a... Oh man. Amazing Stories, that's what it was, on TV. It was a Steven Spielberg short. 
the thing about it is I never even heard of that. Like, I didn't know about that till like, recently. Yeah, so this is where I I, I used to love... So Amazing Stories was like a, um, a collection of shorts and short movies kind of curated and collected by Steven Spielberg in, like, mm-hmm. the 80s and the 90s. And, and some of them were, were really amazing stories. It was really, really cool video, like, uh, uh, films. And one of them was a cartoon about a little family dog who was, I, I forget what this, it was just, it was really sad. Yeah, because basically the family was a bunch of jerks and the dog was just a nice dog. Because, you know, the idea yeah. of a family dog is you care about your family, mm-hmm. you're just happy to be here, you know, as a dog. Yeah, but trying to like hold everything together while just kind of getting the short end of the stick from the family members, especially the kids. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was popular enough that they, it spawned off a one season of a, of, a, of a TV show. Yeah, but unfortunately the show itself was very much rejected and canceled after the, before the first season had its first season even had its full run of episodes because I used to watch it regularly um, it, cared, it, it aired on channel 10 which I believe was CBS Okay. and I would watch it, it was a prime time cartoon too it came on at 8.30 at night yeah it was another, that was another thing, this is this is a time when I feel like cartoons were starting to, to, to break into prime time television, specifically because they wanted to get that Simpsons month Yeah. so the only other ones that I remember from that period were The Critic which should have lasted longer than it did. Yes. Um, this show, there was Fish Police, which I always like to reference in, jokey, in a jokey manner. It's like, it's, it's police work, but what if it was underwater and done by fish? I mean, it really that really should have gotten a TV show. No, it did. It just unfortunately didn't last. And then the last one that I remember involved rats that lived in Washington, D.C., and it was called like, Capital Critters. Yeah. Did that one get that? That didn't get a cartoon. Every last one of these shows were cartoons that got canceled after one season, oh, with God. the exception being The Critic, which got canceled after one season, then revived, and then canceled again, and then brought back one. Yeah, I think after Fox picked them up, and then um, and then it got canceled, and then years later, it got webisodes. Yeah, which maybe Before sad. pre-YouTube webisodes. Mm-hmm. Which weren't that great. No, they weren't. But I still like the movie parodies they attempted. Oh, but yes. The, but the non-movie parodies were kind of lame. Oh, man. The Critic is one of my favorite favorite TV shows of all time. I'm just... We called him Mr. Bip. <laughs> um, football is a lot like life. <laughs> You're always moving in the show. It's electric football. But it was such... Oh, the thing about it is like... And people liked uh, Lucille Bluth from... Uh, from what was it, Arrested Development? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like the mom yes. on the critic was like Lucille Bluth before Lucille Bluth. It really was. It really, really was. But the, the father was just something ridiculous. else entirely. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Take that, birth of man. So, but but so many of those references were like over my head as a kid, and even today, I'm like, what are they talking about? Oh, I loved it. But, as a kid, for sure. As an adult, like I get more of them. But as a mm-hmm. kid, I just felt. Smarter by trying. Yeah, if you're looking for really silly, like good '90s humor, um, the critic with uh, um, um, uh, not Jay Sherman. Uh, uh, Jay Sherman is played by John, John, <laughs> John Lovitz. Lovitz. By John Lovitz. But one thing I think is uh, check it, it's on YouTube. It's, it's probably all out there for free. But the thing that makes me the saddest about the idea is that I always say the show was way ahead of its time. Originally, they used to say it because I felt the comedy was. I feels weird to even say this, but it was more sophisticated than prime time yeah. was ready for with animated shows. I feel like it was mature without being like, oh, it's mature, meaning like they're going to make poopy jokes. It's but not no, dream it's, on. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was kind of mature, yeah. And then nowadays I say it, but not just because of that, but also because 
He used to they used to take movies that existed back then, wank them up with weird premises for sequels or whatnot, and then say, "Here's this movie terminal." Die Hard 3, Die Hardest or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like with some of the movies they're dropping in the last like 10 years or so, now they're all out of ideas and they're just trying to rebribe new pro- old products and stuff. The critic probably nailed some of these back then if we went back and looked at the old episodes. And if they didn't, they would just be parroting movies that like they, the running joke would be, here's this movie and they aired a clip and they come and like, wait a minute, that movie actually exists? Oh, God. What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> uh, because, yes, there are some movies that exist now where I'm like, who the heck ran, who who funded this thing? I know, it's it, it's almost uh, art imitates life, imitates art, imitates life. Again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm going to turn this crazy track down because it is very crazy. And we are going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme. And our theme is cartoons of the 16-bit era, which I think you and I kind of went a little turtle crazy for. Turtle power, even. Turtle power. So, well, I feel like a large part of the challenge is just that for this topic, I can't think of too many 16-bit cartoon-based video games that people kind of went ham on covers and remixes for. <laughs> like, at one point, I originally was going to go with... Uh, the uh, Genesis by cover of the Rocco's Modern Life theme oh, song, yeah. but I'm like, eh, I had a better idea that came down. So yeah, well, one of my backups was um, from the Flintstones Genesis game was actually they arranged the the Flintstones like theme song, uh-huh. and it sounded really really good. But I'm gonna save that one for another time because because it, it wasn't like a song made for the game. It was actually the Flintstones theme song. Ooh. Okay, but this is. Sewer Surfing from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. That's where they are. Uh, that's they are all over the all over time. But this is the Eurobeat remix arranged by Dominic Ninmark, who also did the My music guy. to uh, the game Blazing Chrome, which is amazing. And Bot Vice, and which, Bot yes, which are are, are R- Rhythm and Pixels favorites. Yes, and I want him to do more music. But um, he's done. He is his YouTube page, which we'll have linked on the website. Has just tons of awesome, like really, really awesome Eurobeat remixes of of everything you could think of. So this is uh, Sewer Surfing, the Eurobeat remix by Dominic Nimmark. Sewer Surfing.
yeah, that was Sewer Surfing from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Turtles in Time. That was arranged by Dominic Ninmark, master composer of the Eurobeat sound and of some of our favorite games such as Bot Vice and... What was the other one we were just talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry, Blazing Chrome. Blazing Chrome was all your... Yeah. I love Blazing Chrome. Both those games are just yeah. so good. And, and we're... Then- and you know, we just learned uh, the newest game, um, a Goose, something Mighty like, Goose, Mighty Goose, which, which is interesting because like I heard of it, I've seen pictures of it, and I didn't really feel drawn because you know too many games as it is. But now that apparently he did the music for, I'm buying it when I get home because it's it's Dominic Denmark, and I own every Switch game that he's done music for. So they're awesome. He's got this sound. His game sound is like it's just super melodic. And it's very a lot of it's pretty quick, but it reminds me a lot of um, a scapegoat, almost a little bit. That kind of like kind of old school sound. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. So um, yeah, we'll have links to all of those projects on our website because we are huge fans. Maybe we should try to get him on the show sometime. Honestly, I don't know if we could, but I'd be ecstatic if he did come on to this show. Yeah, yeah, it's just to talk talk games and music. Um, all right, so Pernell, what do you have for the show? Well, the track I ended up going with was actually not chosen by me. Um, earlier in the show, I mentioned that this track was suggested to us by a friend and listener of the show named Curly Kevin, and he also listed a track to go out on the bonus round, and it makes sense to both of us, actually, to have that be a track that goes into the bonus round in and of itself. doesn't hurt that it's also a banger. To yeah, it's super good. <laughs> So, this track submitted by Curly Kevin is from the game Teenage Mutant Turtles 4 Turtles in Time. Again! (laughs) (laughs) The track is titled Trail Dust in Turtle Wax, composed by Viking Guitar, and I believe it's a cover of the Bury My Shell at Wounded Knee Jam. That's right. Thank you. 
good to go. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I was bopping my head over. Yeah, here. yeah, you were like you were head banging, like like a head sway bang. Hey, yeah, that's swaying sway. back and forth. Yeah. So this was Trail Dust and Turtle Wax from Teenage Mutant Turtles Four: Turtles in Time, covered by Viking Guitar, submitted by Curly Kevin, and this track is a legit bop, though. Viking Guitar, I'm a big fan of, of his works anyway, so this doesn't surprise me that I would end up liking this track, but it still deserves to be said that I really like this track. It's 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 like there's so many bits to it, like not bits, but like parts to it, like the, the no opening. pixels to it? Well, the, <laughs> the, the bits and the pixels, but the opening is like, it's got this intro, but it's an intro to like a second intro. So really... Before like the main part comes, in. it's like two minutes before the main part comes in. Oh, it's a it's a song in acts. Yeah, I love that. It's it's it makes it like like hit so much harder. It's you ca- cool. You catch each phase in the act. Yeah, it? yeah. It's like um, it's like it's like it's like a act Garfield one. Game. Yeah, it's like a gar. Oh, it is like a Garfield. It's like game. a Garfield composed. Tr- uh, Life is hand. like a Garfield video game for now. Hammer <laughs> <laughs> that title in. Uh, well, for more information on the bonus round. Um, go to the rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to all these uh, bands, uh, sand ca- sound clouds, sand camps, sand clamps, <laughs> band, band pumps, and everywhere you can download the music and support these artists, both Viking Guitar and Dominic Ninmark. Thanks for joining us on episode 29-6 of Rhythm and Pixels 16-Bit Cartoons was the topic. Purnell was your host, and I am here too. <laughs> yeah, bull, you were the host. <laughs> yeah. We were the host. You didn't watch a ton of the cartoons, but you like the cartoons. I like cartoons. You like the tunes. I like the tunes. Um, you're talking about how I wasn't I wasn't interested in like watching the Flintstones as a kid because it was all about those classic TV shows, which I wasn't interested in. All I cared about was cartoon duck and a cartoon rabbit. But you watch stuff other than Looney Tunes. And the 90s and 80s. Yeah, of course I did. Of course I did. Of course I did. But like what I wanted to watch was a cartoon rabbit. Oh, Christ. (laughs) No, it's fine. Um, But if I was going to watch a cartoon, especially in that time period, that's what I liked. I liked the Looney Tunes. I watched Everything, um, and then I, I, I then got into, you know, Rama One Half, Yu Yu Hakusho. So you weren't the type of Inuyasha. kid. No, <laughs> you weren't the type of kid who got excited when they would do the the Saturday morning cartoon preview oh, specials. Of course I did. Of course I, did. I watched all that stuff. But I, I love Looney Tunes most of all. It was, it was dumb and, and and violent. Well, Looney Tunes and Tom <laughs> and Jerry. I mean, they had a they had a niche. I mean, as a kid, I, despite the fact that I didn't quite get them. For the specific joke, I I like the Tex Avery episodes of it wasn't I don't think it was I think it was I'm sure if it was Merry Melodies or anything or if he even had a genre yeah but, grouping, yeah but it was like the ones where he'd be like the House of the Future or yeah, and it was always Avery, like yeah. we got a room we got or we got a bathroom that has everything you need here's for the father the mother little Timmy and the mother-in-law. And then every time I got to the mother-in-law, it was always like just horrible. Yeah, like, it was like a room, was a room on fire. <laughs> yeah. Here's the medicine cabinet for the mother-in-law, and it was like a bunch of poisons and stuff. <laughs> and like the couch for the mother, the seat for the mother-in-law had like nails sticking out of it and everything. And at the time, I was like, I don't get this. Why? What's so bad about the mother-in-law? Why like, do you oh, hate her so funny. much? Funny, they're making fun of a thing. And then you get older, and you're like, oh. Huh? 
I'd still get it. I mean, I'm not going to knock it. Maybe Tex Avery growing up had a, always got in a fight with his in-laws. I don't know. But like, it just, it's one of those jokes that I get, but you also hope that you don't have bad in-laws. That's about the gist of it. Like, that, that's what the that's what cartoons and then and, and then when you were a kid that's what they made you afraid of um, quicksand and in laws. That's true. I've, I've never come across quicksand in my entire uh, life, but that was always a thing that characters would come across as a big problem. Like, oh no, he's in quicksand. We got to get him out. Like, we're not even in a desert. Yeah, it's where like, did the quicksand come like from? Falling anvils. No, that's a cartoon. Quicksand. That's real. That's real. You can stumble across quicksand <laughs> when you least expect it. Because yeah. there'd be cartoons where the characters just walking and just, and just nonchalantly. Oh crap! You just stepped in quick mud <laughs> it's like i can't wiggle out of this mud <laughs> like yes i do get that sinky mud exists mm-hmm. but you have to kind of walk pretty far into it before you're in a position where you're stuck in it yeah and they'd just be like step whoa straight drop <laughs> like, how does this make any sense but hey i guess I, they have to I, come up with these cartoon perils i always like that they never would actually fall or experience gravity until they realized that they were not walking on anything all the more reason why Tiny Toons yeah. was such a great cartoon, though. Yeah, they did they, that they, all they, the time. Well, not so much that they did it. It was it was cartoon school. So there were elements in the show or here and there where they were actually teaching them, like, okay, well, it doesn't actually work unless you <laughs> acknowledge the fact that you're yeah. actually walking around. So you can just walk as long as you want. Just don't look down. And there was like a time, I was like, wait a minute, we'll just keep going. We're fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Cartoon, cartoon, lore, cartoon lore states... You can't fall from heights unless you acknowledge that you're standing on air. Right. So, oh, no, I'm walking on stairs, going down. (laughs) And there were were literal episodes where they were, like, intentionally playing up. Like, it wasn't just, like, a Bugs Bunny-type gag where he's like, Who? Cream pie out of my pocket. It was literally them thinking, cartoon lore states that I can do this. So they'll do it, and that'll get them out of their problems. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like I, I you like, like that you like the meta stuff. I like meta, and I mean, as an adult, I became even more into meta. But it's hard to realize. It's funny to believe that it started. It probably started. Yeah, the pro- probably started with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like the cartoon making fun of the cartoons. Um, yeah, like uh, Animaniacs was very similar to that, which is why I'm kind of surprised that you weren't as into that. Well, I think my big gripe, if I look back and I think about it more, the reason why I don't think I liked Animaniacs as much was because Tiny Toons had slapstick humor and Looney Tunes did too, but they were still grounded in like, I guess like this sense of like a narrative. Mm-hmm. The characters were doing things. Yeah. And the Maniacs it was- for most of their episodes literally, the episode was, I'm annoying. Look how annoying we are. <laughs> and they would just constantly make jokes and references that were like fourth wall breaking and just like, we're really annoying. Can you tell yet, folks? Yeah, so, but there, but there was no arc to anything. It was just... You're right. That makes sense to me. It was just like joke, 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 gag, gag, gag credits. Yeah, like yeah. it was like... Because, for example, like Bugs Bunny... There were... Immediately, there were episodes where Bugs Bunny would tunnel underground. He would pop like, where am I today? Oh, I'm at the beach. So he's at the beach doing stuff and then weird stuff would happen. Yeah, but there's an but arc the with anim- Elmer Fudd, right? Or something Well, not even, just, not even there's Elmer Fudd. It would literally be he's in this place... Whether he meant to get there or not, and then stuff would happen, and he has to progress through it. Mm-hmm. So that would be technically the arc, but he still randomly showed up there. The Animaniacs generally would just get dropped into a place. They have no desire or reason to be there, and they're just like, well, let's be ridiculous here. So they'll just start doing dumb things, and everyone else that wants to be there is annoyed that they're there being ridiculous. And then the show's over, 
Like, I haven't watched an episode or caught up an episode of, like, the new revival of Animaniacs. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And what was the premise? They were doing a camp out, and it turns out they were actually accidentally camping on the torch for, like, an Olympic Games event. So they were like, let's be annoying at the Olympics. (laughs) So they were. And it was like, uh, okay, I'll watch this and see how stupid they can be. It's like they're out there to blow people's minds, you know, like, oh, I've... Anyway, we can we can get on and on about Animaniacs stuff, but we're listening to music from the Smurfs game for this NES. Imagine if that was how the Smurfs work. How do we end up here, guys? Oh well, Brainy fixes up an invention to get us well, home. Now that we're here, let's be adorable. <laughs> the Smurfs. I actually used to love the Smurfs as a kid, though. Even the Coleco game, but I liked the cartoon a lot, and I also like the fact that. Even though it was a cartoon, and they never really displayed the darker elements of it, the Smurfs had the occasional, like, serious narrative going on, Mm. too. Like, it wasn't necessarily just like, we're lovable and we're happy. Like, it was literally scenarios where, like, their entire world was, like, destroyed. Yeah, yeah, everything everything was crashing down on them because they were so small. Yeah, like, there was, like, I remember there was at least a few episodes where, like, all the Smurfs were, like, temporarily put out of commission through, like, turned to stone or just, Mm -hmm. like, gone. And, like, the Smurf cousins had to save the day and weird yeah, stuff like that. go of it. I mean, they're all, but they're all, like, like tiny gnomes. Like, they were, like, little blue, like, mice, like, rats. They're little blue rats. They're, all, they're magical critters. They're the Smurfs. They're little blue rats. And then Johan and Pee-wee were friends with them. They were their human friends. There, were, there was a, uh, a movie, right? A movie in, like, the 2000s that was, like, a CG movie. That I actually never saw, but I do remember Way Forward made some games based on it. Okay. Oh, well, go way to, way to go, Way Forward. Oh, mercy. <laughs> you had to do it. Well, if you like the show, if you like what you're hearing, um, and you'd like to hear more of it, or those wacky puns. Yeah. Um, if you have a, a, a topic suggestion or a track suggestion, or if you just want to say hi to us, the best thing you can do is send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. We are accepting puns. We'll, t- we'll accept puns. Also, game records. Like, I, I think I said this in the past, but I'll say it again. You want anyway. them to record some games for you? No. Like, I talk about games a lot, and the games we like to play and whatever. Oh, game recommendations. Well, recommendations too, but like games that I could that, that would my see me attempt and record because oh, I can I have OBS and crap. I can play games on like my decent PC now, which means I'm not limited uh, to the games I play. Some Twitch playing. Yeah, that's that's another thing I was thinking about uh, doing more of uh, as I carve out more time for things is playing games, but like playing games on, on a stream. Finish Persona Five first. No, maybe you and I. Maybe, maybe you and I can play some. Some, some, can we play some Dragon Quest for now? Finish Persona Five <laughs> first. Dragon Quest. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. Some, we'll talk Dragon Quest later. Um, if you would like to get a full track listing from this episode, uh, track listing from all of our episodes, and access to all of our episodes, you can go to the website rhythmandpixels.com. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. It is rhythm and pixels, all one word. Go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And there we have a, uh, a, a radio station. This plays 24-7, nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics. Uh, check out our Discord. The Discord link is at the top of our website. And um, that's where you can get in contact with us or get in contact with some other listeners and just hang out and chat about games, about music, about life. I've been more about the games lately. I've been getting more into it again because I was like off the off the horse for a minute. I feel like I'm getting more back in the chatty on there again. Yeah, I noticed that. That's good. And then that's where um, listener Curly Kevin got a hold of us and gave us some topic ideas. And I was like, that sounds cool. And how. So we're going to do them. Um, And if you'd like to support the show, the the best thing you can do is just tell people about it. Just be like, hey, 
I listen to the show and they're really cool guys. Or I like video game music and they have a fun take on it. Can't go with going. Can't go wrong with going super liminal. Hey you! Hey, yeah. Listen to Rhythm and Pixels. It's just like just 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 take a U- USB stick with us on it and just throw it at their heads. Like okay, yeah. If you just, get, just give them your phone, hit play, and then just walk away forever. <laughs> That's right. But delete all. Make sure to delete all your like bank information from the phone first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah clear your history. Um, but if you can also support us by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. There you get uh, access to weekly bonus content, to a monthly live stream of us recording an episode, um, and you can get stickers, you can get mugs and t-shirts, so you can go there to help support the show. And at the highest levels of our Patreon, we like to thank you at the end of every episode. I'd like to thank Frankly Zappa. Thank you so, so much for your continued support of our show. Mike Myers, it's good seeing your name every week. Uh, Vashon8060, Andreas Mailberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 Podcast, the wise guy, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. That's right. He's got two nicknames. Which, by the way, I am trying to start Shining Force 1. Though, believe it or not, it's challenging because I feel like Shining Force 2 just feels grander. Hear that, Chris? Pronounced trying Shining Force 1, but it's challenging. Oh, stop <laughs> But, yeah, I, I get you. Oh, stop it! Uh, Christopher Senstrom, thank you very much. Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Wicked Sephiroth, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio with Mike Levy, uh, Michael Bridgewater from Forever Sound Version. Did you know that the, 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 the track, the Commodore 64 track he made for our lobster racing joke, Mate got fourth place in a competition. Really? Yeah. Well deserved too, though, because that track is really good. The track is really, really good. I'm really enjoying your demo tunes. I want to thank Reinhardt Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, the Autistic Gamer '89, Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy. Um, his last episode has Dan Lauten in it. I'm um, talking about hack and slash games. Really enjoyed that one. And Ulf Person, thank you, thank you all very, very much for supporting our show. Thank you kindly. It's yeah. much appreciated. Very, very appreciated month after month. So, if, um, again, if you're considering joining the show, now's a great time because we got some cool goodies available on the Patreon. Um, next week, we're talking animus, animes, Anim- anime, and an- uh, Japanimations. Definitely anime. <laughs> so, we're doing that next week. I'm really excited about that one because it's a lot of, a lot of games I never looked at before. Well, in that case, then. Trying to dive in deep because honestly, I feel like I've played many of the, or at least I've heard of many of the ones that exist, but I'm worried that I'm going to just come across a bunch of Dragon Ball. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. If it's good, it's good, right? Yeah, but I mean, it, but the Turbo Graphics is going to make a comeback because there's a lot of a lot of PC Engine anime games, right? That is true. Yeah, yeah. Don't be surprised to see the Slayers come up just because I know that exists and I know that music in that game is fantastic. Ooh, all the, sh- uh, the Slayers. No, you, you, you stay. Okay, there. okay, you okay. Stay. Hands off, hands off. Now, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to forget about this. And then next week, I'm like, I need one more track. Oh, that Slayers, Slayers. game is great. Where do I remember Slayers from? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening this far. Um, and we'll see you next week. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a good week. Talk to you later. And remember... Mentally, I didn't have one early on because it's been a rough time, but something did click and I'm going with it, which is, well, we're stuck dealing with a lot of our, you know, adult responsibilities and adult problems and 
politics and all that stuff that just bogs down adult life. But I also have come across a lot of scenarios where people like to give people grief for, you know, disengaging from those things and focusing on, you know, things that make them feel more relaxed, like games or gardening or watching copious amounts of television. And I'm here to definitely say, who cares? If that's what makes you feel good and helps you deal with a lot of the, of the funk, make it happen. Nostalgia is your friend. Gaming is your friend. Entertainment's your friend. Just sometimes it, disassociation is not a bad thing. It is a <laughs> wonderful thing. That's good to be happy about something. You better believe it. <laughs> yeah.